You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome back to Josh Swallows Broadway. Alan Seals and Elizabeth Wheelis are here with me, my producers. Alan's making fun of me because I thought that we were recording and I was like, great, here we go. Three, two, one. And we weren't recording. And so that's how they torture me. But hi, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Hello. welcome to a new episode, a new day. Oh, How this are is my... a f- fun one. We're good. We're good. Good. I'm glad that my babies are good. No, I had fun with this one. Um, the the incredible Michael Potts. I mean, mm. one of the best actors of all time. Um, did either of you watch The Wire? My no. dad did. And he uh, loved The Wire. Um, Michael is terrifying on that. But I got to know him during the prom. He was my mm-hmm. dressing roommate. One of my best friends at the show. And... I mean, I would just torture him. He would be like preparing to act, and I'd be like, "Don't you want a sick girl? <laughs> a big old bitch, yeah." He's like a classically trained actor, actor, yeah. you know. And he'd uh, be doing classically trained actor warm-ups while I'm like, oh, bitch, I'm a, I got some brisket titties, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but he loved it. Um, okay. And also, special shout out to all of our Patreon folk. We love you guys. The monthly Zoom you. party is my favorite. And thank you for making season two possible during this crazy time. Um, so thank you for making this possible. You have given us microphones and sound equipment and everything that we need to make this show happen. So thank you. And um yeah, to join, join us at patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. In the meantime, Elizabeth and Alan, I love you both. Thank love you for you. being the best producers. You. And Aww, thank you. Get ready, folks, because you're about to swallow Michael Potts. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Josh Swallows Broadway. Today is a miracle day because I have my very, very favorite person, my old dressing roommate, the divinely talented Michael Potts. Ah! Hi, Michael. (laughs) Hi, Josh. Oh, my gosh. I miss you so (laughs) much. I, like, it, it was very intimidating for me at first when we shared a dressing room because... Here I am with like great Shakespearean actor oh, Michael Potts. Oh, please. no, it's true. I was there with Brother Muzone. Is that how you say it, Brother Muzone? <laughs> That's right. Oh my That's gosh, right. you were the scariest person on the wire. I, I want you to know that. that. He was a sweetheart. Yeah, he was a sweetheart. Casey so- really wants to make a musical about him. <laughs> Brother moves on. Dun, da, 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 da. As long as I don't have to dance. 
Why do you say that? I think you're a great dancer. Oh, no, no, no. I believe thousands of people came to see you dance in Broadway's musical, they, The Prom. They did. They did. They did. They were what very were... kind. <laughs> <laughs> were you expecting to have to dance in The Prom? No, no. But, you know, Casey has a habit of, of doing that to me. You know, he just kind of, during the workshop, I don't know if you knew it, he just kind of sidled up to me and, you know, kind of chatted a little, a little bit. And then at the end he said, and you're going to be in the, in, in the finale. You're going to, you're going to do it. You're going to be great. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> here's an, here's an associate to teach you. Bye. That, that was it. That's pretty much how it went. I was like, what? <laughs> I started laughing. I, but I knew it. I there was no way in the world Casey Nicola was going to allow me to get away from that dancing. I know you were it. magical. You also had my favorite uh, song in the show. We look oh, to you. And that beautiful song. It was a sweet song. Well, uh, it yeah, was beautiful, but your performance of it was extraordinary. Oh, thank you. You yeah, too kind, too kind. I'm not this. kind at all. Okay. Thank um, you. and to think that this all. All this talent came from a boy on a farm. <laughs> now remind me of this farm. It had chickens. Yeah, we had chickens, hogs. Um, what else? That's pretty much it. By the time I came along, I know uh, my mom used to talk about you know they had ducks for a time and a cow. Wow. Oh. All kinds of stuff, but 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 I think they had downs. My grandparents had downsized by the time I was staying down there with them, so it's basically just chickens and pigs. Would you act out scenes with the chickens and pigs? You know, you know, I told you that. You know, I told you that. Yeah, that was my thing. I would I would do a stand up act for the chickens <laughs> because uh, I would tell them a joke. Because, you know, they'd run up to the, the chicken coop. They'd run up to the fence because they're expecting you to feed them, of course. <laughs> and, or and they're said, expecting a joke. Oh, yeah. And I would tell them a joke, stamp my feet, which would startle them. And it sounded like a florist laughter. <laughs> <laughs> they just cackled like mad. And so, you know, I, I, was, I, I was a star in the yard at that moment with these 20 or 30 chickens. Just loving it. And that's where it started. <laughs> I love that you would stomp to make them make noises. Uh, fun go. fact, I <laughs> was doing children's theater in Philadelphia where I exited underneath like the audience. Like I would go through them and I would start uh -huh. my own exit applause. <laughs> Every performance. I would get right to the last row where they couldn't see it. Then I'd start the... <laughs> and the entire audience would applaud. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> It really made me look great. I don't think, I don't think I'd have the nerve. <laughs> I don't have the nerve to do that. That's brilliant. <laughs> now, how, like, what, what made you decide, like, when did you know that you wanted to be an actor? Ooh, I think, well, seriously, probably um, around, what, what year was Fences on Broadway? I think 1984. Was that about sure. right? <laughs> something around that time? Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I'd been bitten by it earlier, uh, but didn't see it as a, as a real career path. I just didn't, you know, you're in South Carolina, wherever you are, you don't, how do you do that? How do you get to that yeah. place? How do you, how do you get to Broadway? 
this, from this little tiny town uh, in the country. I just didn't, and I didn't know anyone else. I mean, they had local theater, little theater, amateur theater, but how do you get to the big time? Yeah, I had I had no concept of that. But it wasn't until maybe 1984. I remember I was in Fort Fort Sill, Oklahoma. I was fishing out. And I'd spent some time in the military, so I was finishing up my officer basic course uh, in Oklahoma, and there I was, and decided to watch the Tony Awards because I had been watching for years all along, you know, kind of thinking about it. And then there was that great scene with uh, James Earl Jones and uh, and Courtney Vance from Fences, and I was like, "Wow, I know these people. I recognize this. This sounds like me. This sounds like my experience." Or experience of people I know, my friends. And uh, I think that's when I really took it seriously. I mean, it all goes back to August Wilson. But <laughs> that's when I sort of t- took it seriously. And from then on decided that I would I would pursue it. Well, you have this insane gift for language and um, for just, I mean, just understanding dialogue. That is a gift. Not not many people have that. It takes them a long time, but you are a true artist with like a craft. Well, thank like, you. I I mean, you blow me away all the time. I can't oh. imagine your parents didn't set you down at some point and say, you are the Messiah. No, 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 no. No, no, they would never do that. They wouldn't do that. I will I will say for my parents. I think the love of language came from my, my father, my, my stepfather, um, mostly. He kept a library and he loved books. And I remember even, you know, when I was very, very young, he would just pull books off of his bookshelf and go, hey, read this. Just read the first chapter. And I'm going, I couldn't possibly understand this book. He said, read the first chapter and then come back and tell me what it's about and we'll discuss it. So he kind of instilled that love of books and a blank. And then you grow up in, uh, in, in African-American culture, certainly. In religious culture, in church culture, you know, language is so important. And when you're in the country and you don't have TV, and you know, you do, you have two channels. So language becomes uh, so much more essential to you in terms of entertaining yourself. And your imagination becomes absolutely essential because you don't have access to 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 theaters and things like that because you're so far up in the country or um and so i think that instilled it and for a time i thought i'd be a minister because there was a great minister in my grandparents church who you know reverend wright had this extraordinary bass voice and but the whole thing was theater and he was just a brilliant orator um and i think that's what what made me fall in love with language and, and music as well, because I come from a family of singers. But that's what did it for me with the language. And wow, words have power. Words are powerful. You can do things with them. And then as I went into conservatory training in graduate school, and you, you, you look at, begin to look at Shakespeare, of course, and you see what he does is with like, what he does with language, how he uses it, how he created words, and just the way he would put them in the uh, pentameter, you know, knowing that different words, even different monosyllabic words have different uh, uh, notes to them or have different lengths to them. 
You know, it can be, you know, stop. It's just stop. That's it. But, oh, <laughs> it's just, oh, but it's, oh, as he uses, Shakespeare uses that a lot. And so you learn that there's a musicality to language. And then you, I get introduced to Argus Wilson. And remember that there was so much music in the language I heard every day as a kid, just growing up. I heard these great raconteurs, these people in my community, uh, my grandparents, friends, my parents, friends, and how language was used. And uh, that, that's probably where it comes from. Just, wow. just from learning to listen like that. Uh, now, you've had a long history of performing August Wilson plays, yeah? No, no, not really. Um, I've known August Wilson for a long time, and I had hoped to perform in one, but early on, everyone considered me too young. They didn't think I could do it because I was too young, and then I'll, after a while, they thought I was too classical to be able to do it, but I wouldn't get it. And honestly, Jitney was the first August Wilson I got I had gotten to do uh, professionally. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was the very, very first one. I was you know, itching to do it. Will someone let me do it? And I had auditioned for a couple, but something about me, they didn't think uh, those particular directors or producers or uh, whoever didn't think that uh, I understood it. And I'm going, I know this language. <laughs> I know these people and you really should give me a, a shot at this. And, you know, it came around. Ruben Santiago Hudson finally took a, took a chance on me. And uh, that was that. But, you know, and I had been exposed to it because I went to graduate school at Yale. And so when I was there, that's when August Wilson, uh, Lloyd Richards was the dean then of the school and the artistic director at Yale Rep. So August Wilson was already at the school. I remember when I arrived my first year, two trains running was at the Rep and piano lesson was on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I remember I got to read with, uh, I think it was Halle Berry when Lloyd Richards was doing replacements for the uh, Broadway uh, piano lesson. And my dean, Augusta, sent me as a reader for Lloyd, which was intimidating. And uh, and I was like, who is he going to be auditioning up at school? Who are we waiting on? Uh, and then she arrived and I'm looking at her and I'm going, oh, wait a minute, this is Halle Berry. <laughs> And uh, and she'd arrived. She'd come with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> so they came up to New Haven for her to audition for Lloyd. But this was before she became a big star. This was long before. Uh, this was, I think, even before Jungle Fever, I think, which was her breakout. Yeah. And she, she was her breakout thing. So this was before Jungle Fever. So she was just a young, you know, aspiring actor at the time of that audition. And I remember that. Um, yeah, that was, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she has no idea who I am. I or disagree. I remembers, remembers that moment. Well, she had no I'm reason to. I didn't tell her my name. And she well, was up there to, to, to audition for Lloyd Richards for a Broadway show. You're a pretty memorable performer. I bet you anything, Hallie is Miss Betty is sitting somewhere being like Michael Potts. No, she saw Ma Rainey and was like, I know him. <laughs> no, she knows. She I know him. She probably would have remembered because the whole time I was so terrified, I, I, I was burying <laughs> my face in the script while reading with her. And in fact, Lord Richard told me afterwards, he says, Michael, next time, 
hold the script down so I could see you. I wanted to see you, but I couldn't oh, see your gosh. face. My first lesson, my first professional lesson in the theater, let them see you. Let them see you, darling. <laughs> let them see you. Uh, you have one of the best, like, warm-ups for performing i'm no i'm i'm a clown i come in i say hi to people a brilliant clown i make up some songs and you're like bitter butter bitter butter yellow leather red blue 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 i have to i have to after warming up so i can so i can enunciate properly so i can say the words i need to say Poor Michael would be doing like these really intense uh, tongue twisters, like Sally sewed seashells, <laughs> suddenly striking stuffing. And I would be the asshole, like being like, Jewy Judy jaunted <laughs> the juice. <laughs> and it worked. My, it did and it work. Worked. I and think it worked. Uh, one of my favorite moments, maybe not one of yours, was uh, you you just wouldn't decorate your side of the dressing room. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. No inspirational quotes. No pictures with a past love. No, like, dead mentor. No, so, no, Caitlin, no, the stage management no. team, and I took it upon ourselves to find every picture possible that has been possibly taken to Michael Potts to print them, laminate them and decorate your station <laughs> with the memories of your career. So, so, so anyone walking in that room would want to know who's the narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought he, we, were just... we thought he was a nice guy, but he's a Complete asshole. He's a narcissist. Look, he's got pictures of himself everywhere. <laughs> this is me. This is me. <laughs> and this is also me. No, it's fine. You got me good. I couldn't. I doubled over for a second. I didn't know where it took me a second to <laughs> recognize where I was. And then I started looking around. I was like, oh my God. I knew it was you. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know you had accomplices at the time, but I knew <laughs> you were the brainchild. <laughs> I thought it really lightened up the room. <laughs> oh, it I, did. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. <laughs> uh, I really miss serenading you with made-up songs. Oh, those were the best. Those like, were uh, the absolute best. The Sunday gospel of yes. the devil took the jockey with <laughs> the green dress off. <laughs> oh my gosh. We had so much fun. Because it made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> the devil took the jockey with the green dress on. And he got a slam that last time. He got part. a slam green on that. Dress <laughs> I really, I really think that that was a powerful song. I think that I too would have been in Ma Rainey if maybe <laughs> George heard me sing that. Yes, I think, I think so, I think so. Uh, Ma Rainey's it, it, Black Bottom is one of the best films I've seen in a long time. Oh, thank you, 
good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. We had a great time doing it. We really did. It it is special. And uh it is captured so beautifully and vividly. Um what was what was it like? Oh, it was just it, it was fun. And we uh we luckily because it's George, we got two weeks of rehearsal before we even started shooting. And it was because George, you know, Mr. Five Time Tony Award winner and every other freaking award there is, um, comes from the world is the genius theater director. It was like we did our table work as if we were going to do the play. We did the table work and then we went into a rehearsal hall. I think it's the Lithuanian Music Hall down in Pittsburgh. And there was the whole set taped out on the floor for us. Wow. But just like we were going to be doing the play, and we rehearsed it in those first two weeks as if we were going to do it as a play, principally to find out what the relationships were and, and how we needed to uh, navigate one another and what the architecture of uh, the room was and how we related to that and one another in it. So we got to do that. And then we hung out a little bit. Uh, we would go out to dinner. We would go out for drinks and things like that to get to know one another. So it just became quite natural once we started doing it um, because we were all on the same sheet of music, we're on the same, we're on the same page uh, when it came to doing it. And we had tremendous respect for one another. Yeah, and well, you so could it was tell. Easy. It was so easy because um, everyone wanted to tell the story. We wanted to tell it and we wanted to tell it well, uh, very, very well. And we wanted to tell it together. And I think that's what, hopefully, well, I, I know, I know it does because I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> it Have you seen your picture? <laughs> I think it comes across. I do too. I mean, it feels like a real family. And it's, uh, I think that's what makes it so heartbreaking yeah. in so many points. Um, but also, I mean, having to concentrate on all that you're doing as an actor, but then playing all the instruments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's bananas. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, you know, if you're twisted, like, like you and I are, you know, there's, a, there's a, you know, we, we become sort of masochists for that kind of thing. We, we kind of love the challenge. We have to rise to the challenge of that. I mean, they never said how well we were spelled. George certainly, cleverly, never told us how well we needed to learn how to play the instrument. All I knew was that Branford Marsalis was doing the soundtrack and he was going to be, we would have to do something in front of him at some point. So that lights a fire under you. And uh, they just gave me a coach. They gave me a coach and a base three weeks in New York before I even took off for Pittsburgh. And then another coach once I got down to Pittsburgh and we and just worked on it three times a week with him for a couple of hours, learning the bass and learning to play these songs. And then it became my own personal challenge. I challenged myself to learn how to play the bass because I really wanted to be able to fully embody the character, fully embody slow drag, because I think that also tells me something about who this person is, why did he pick the bass, um, that sort of thing. And so I wanted to learn all the mechanics of it. And I wanted to learn to kind of bond with this instrument. Yeah. And I think everyone else started doing the same thing too, because then it becomes, it becomes a little bit competitive too, you know, 
because I know that uh, Coleman and Glenn and myself, we were all in the same hotel on different floors. And so, you know, they'll tell the story of how they would get out of the elevator and they'd hear, they'd hear me on the bass. So they would run and rehearse. Or <laughs> I, would, I would hear, you know, Coleman on the trombone. I'm like, oh, I better get back to this. I better get back to the to to uh to my base because I wasn't gonna let them show me up. No, <laughs> I wasn't gonna let them show me up. Yeah, one, two, I'll show you what to do. Exactly. And I know the audience will forgive you because you guys are TV and movie stars. People know that. You know, they don't know who I am. So I have to know how to play this thing. Oh gosh, you're just phenomenal. Everybody in that film is just phenomenal. Even okay, like great. the sweat on Viola Davis was I phenomenal. Know. Isn't that a mess? I mean, oh my God, that woman, that's a force of nature, that woman. Oh, wow. Had you worked yeah. with her before? Interestingly enough, the last time I worked with Viola was ooh, late 90s, maybe early 2000s. We did a reading at McCarter Theater, actually, for Emily Mann. They were trying to turn a, uh, um, we're trying to turn a novel we were working on called The Stonemasons into a play. Emily Mann was trying to do that. And Viola and I played brother and sister in that. But that's the only other time we had worked together until wow. Ma Rainey. That's and fabulous. That was, yeah, that was before her seven guitar days and all the other stuff. Yeah, that was before her Tony. Yeah. Wow. Um, and how long had you been working with George uh, George C. Wolfe? George C. Wolfe has known me since grad school. Wow. Because he was an early supporter um, of Susan Lawrence Parks' work. Mm -hmm. And it was also being done up at Yale at the time. And I, I did two of her plays, one at the Rep, and uh, after The Last Black Man in the Whole Entire World. And then finally, the America play that did transfer to the public theater at yeah. Martinson Hall. So George has known me since then. But we had only worked together as act, and also I'd worked at the Delacourt when he was running the public theater at that time as well. Um, so yeah, he's known my work for years. I auditioned for him, I think, when I first got to grad school as, uh, as the understudy for Belize, for wow. Angels in America. Uh, time to study Jeffrey Wright, I think. I had auditioned for that. Oh, for the tour, maybe. That's what I was auditioning for. So I'm, we've known, or, you know, he's known me since I was in grad school, but we only recently, in recent years, worked together as director and actor. That's phenomenal. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. Like, not personally, I don't really know him, but just his art, his work. He's is... genius. He's genius. He's pure genius. He's read everything. <laughs> you can have a conversation with him on nearly any subject. And he knows it quite in depth. Um, and especially having to do with art and culture and theater. It's just that the man is a font. And he is he is a mad, mad genius. And he loves, he knows how to work with actors. That's what I love. He is, even at his level, he's still incredibly collaborative. He yeah. knows he knows the art of not shutting actors down, of giving us room to do what we do, to create while still telling the story. He helps. He makes suggestions. Well, he'll say, maybe this moment is this, or try this moment like this. Just, no, he's wonderful to work with. Wonderful. Wow. Um, and Iceman Cometh with Denzel Washington. <laughs> yes. 
or you know, babe, as everybody calls me. <laughs> it has been my lifelong dream to get you to like call him, like, hey, girl. As I told you before, I would like to see you dare try to call him. Hey, D. Hey, baby D. How you doing? <laughs> Trust me. He doesn't play the equalizer in the movies, just as a joke. <laughs> I think if I was like, call me damn thickness and I'll call no. you baby D. Oh, I think no. he'd like that. No, I think he'd give you that look and he'd just walk right away from you. <laughs> Listen, I we're going to agree to disagree on this. Yes, I know yes, you've worked with him. We're going to have to agree to disagree. As Pelican Brief is one of my favorite films, <laughs> I feel strongly connected okay. to my big girl baby D. Oh, okay. Well you well you let me know when you have that moment with them. <laughs> <laughs> you let me know how that works out for you. My dream will come true. I'll finally get a George Wolf play with Denzel Washington and I'll get fired on the first day. The New York Post will be like Josh Lehman called Denzel Washington like baby D. <laughs> and is now unemployed for the rest of his life. Bye, girl. Um, <laughs> one thing that I always loved about you at prom is you seemed to be like, whether you wanted to be or not, you were like everybody's mentor. I, yeah. Well, you know, we had a lot of youngins on our floor. Yes, we you did. Know, we had a lot of youngins on the floor. So, uh, you know, and I was the oldest one on the floor. <laughs> youngins on the floor and I was the oldest one. So... That, in a sense, that makes a bit of sense. So it wasn't for me. It wasn't that I was trying to be. But Well, they weren't but coming to me and asking for acting advice. They'd be like, Mr. Potts, <laughs> Mr. Potts, may I come in? Are you decent, yeah. Mr. Potts? Yeah, they would just actually say, is the old guy in? Is the old <laughs> Grandpa in? Is Grandpa in? Where's old man Potts? <laughs> I want to ask him a question. You can answer <laughs> uh, uh, a question. <laughs> No, it was really sweet, and it was so nurturing and lovely well, and just sweet. wonderful. And sweet. your relationship with Beth uh, in that show, mm. I mean, it's Easy. one of one of my favorite memories will be watching you two work together. Easy. So easy. Um, I mean, you know, she's stunning. She's beautiful. Um, you know, we don't even have to talk about. <laughs> what a talent she is. I mean, that's that's a given how extraordinary she is. But she's a, she's a generous performer as well. She's in the scene with you. She's working with you. And she just it just it was so easy. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't working. I didn't have to work at it. So, you know, it became easy to fall in love with Beth Level. Was it the first time that you two had worked together? Yes, very first time. Very oh my time. gosh. And I was, you know, it was a little intimidating when I heard, you know, when Case was telling me you pay uh, opposite Beth level, I went, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and you're the love interest, which was like, oh, okay. It's been a long time since I've played anybody's love interest in anything. <laughs> and you're going to give me Beth level. The last time oh. I played the love interest was the Broadway opening of <laughs> Devil Took a Dookie with the Green Dress On. <laughs> um... Well, no, the chemistry that you two had, it was so inspiring uh, for all of us because, you know, 
I agree with you. Beth is sort of like Mother Earth. Yeah. Um, even when we were out of town in Atlanta, we would hang out in the lanai out front yeah. of the hotel. And now and then there'd be like a little kid just like running around. His parents are probably loaded and somewhere in the hotel. Right. And here's this orphan child outside. And next thing you know, they'd be on Beth's lap and like Beth would just be mother to everybody. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're Papa. Yeah, I guess. Yes. They became Papa. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you both just have this incredible energy and, um, it was so nice to uh, to watch you two perform together. Oh, good. Oh, it was beautiful working with her. It really was. I, you know, anytime, anytime is best level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we all missed you a lot when you when you went away to film Ma Rainey. Yeah, um, I know. I know. I know. I wasn't expecting that. And we were so, you know, <laughs> I thought we would, we would, you know, that I'd finish at least the year. But that just kind of happened. Baby D called. <laughs> Baby, Baby D. D. Hey, girl, <laughs> I got a film for you. <laughs> Baby D called and said, Baby I want D. you in this movie. <laughs> I hope, Denzel Washington, if for whatever reason you end up hearing this, I worship the candy-coated ground you walk on. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Pelican Brief is my favorite film. <laughs> and next to Beth Level and Michael Potts, you are my favorite performer. Oh, oh yeah. Um, now, Michael, this is our favorite part of the show where we have a fan call into the show that has a question for you. Um, and uh, it's always very inspiring. Most of our fan calls are fellow artists um, from all over the world. And uh, so this is a cool opportunity for them. And you're the great Michael Potts. So without Ooh. further ado, Alan, let's bring in our fan call. I miss you too, Beth. Oh I miss God. you too. I'll be your fan call anytime you need because I am both of your biggest fans ever. Well, right back at you. Right I back mean, at you. But the two of you together on stage. It was it was ridiculous. I, I constantly tell people that my DD Allen would not have lived without Michael Potts's Tom Hawkins. I mean, there was just mm. no way. No, no, it's, there's just absolutely no way it would have been. You, you gave Didi a reason, a heartbeat. And I am just so grateful to you, A, that you're my friend now and you're stuck with me for the rest of your life. <laughs> Secondly, that I was able to give birth to this fantastic show with you by my side right next to me. Um, it's just, it was, it's one of the greatest privileges of my life and I can't oh, wait to do my. it again. Well, well, no, for no, me, no, seriously. for me just, as well, truly, 
And I tell people all the time, I said, when me going crazy after Beth saying ladies improving, I said, that wasn't acting. Oh, I, <laughs> I remember the first time, time we did that. I just, it was, it was one of those moments that imprinted me. He's like, oh, oh, he means that. Thank yes, you. I did. Oh, okay, I'm I'll looking stay. At you, like, how is all of that coming out of her? Well, I, I did leave all body of parts that. on stage. I left, you know, just, you know, there were body, there were organs that I no longer have. Wow. I, I so no, that was that was no acting. No, no, no. You, 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 you are magic. You are magic you, on stage. It was so easy. Honestly, I feel like, oh my god, I love her. It's, it's still true. <laughs> to fall in love I with him? What are you kidding me? to have you change my life on stage it was it, there was no acting i just had to show up i just had to show up and be in the oxygen of michael potts oh it's mutual no it's it's, mutual. it's it's true and then i'm so thrilled i'm not going to go off on it because i i like to talk to you in person but your ma rainey was i have to watch it again because i watched it like your mother <laughs> Same. Like, oh, I just kept going. Where's Michael? Where's wait? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Michael, uh, Michael's playing the bass now. He was practicing that before he left. That's all I did. I only watched you, and I'm sure, I'm sure everyone else was fine. But now I have to go back and, yes. and, and, and watch it. Yes, go back and, and watch the other folks. Thank and you. Stop like stalking you. <laughs> so good, so good. Michael would. He had like bass lessons, you know, the, the a yeah. month before he started filming the movie, and we. We would always have this phenomenal little moment before, hopefully it would technically work, the uh, Applebee's <laughs> booth would, would right. track on. It would literally have to go down and make, it was like a ride at Hershey Park. Yeah. And it would, you know, track on stage right. Most of the times it would work, but he and I would kind of do our catch up there, sitting at the booth, getting our fake food and, and iced tea <laughs> or whatever we were exactly. water. And I remember him just working double duty trying to figure out how to play a bass and then you know help eight shows a week holding holding that up superstar so i'm also so proud like, of you i just love love it, it makes Sorry, it makes me feel lazy anyway. <laughs> you know like for prom they they gave me some drinking lessons and some overeating <laughs> lessons but they didn't i didn't have to learn how to play bass i didn't either no, I just had to learn how to smack more. No, I, it's impossible. I do want to put overeating as a special skill on my resume because I think it's funny. But I don't know if anybody else would think it's funny. They might. Like special skills, ukulele, driver's license, overeating. Um, <laughs> I think anyway. I think you should. Yeah, maybe I'll try it. Give um, them a sense of your personality. They love that. Oh, yeah, 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 devil took a dookie. Yeah. Um, Beth, I love you. I love you and I miss you so much. I miss you too. Soon. I, I see. Don't you feel? I mean, it, I don't know when, but there's, I, I get there's a possibility at the light of the end of the tunnel. Whereas yeah. for a while, I was like, no, we're just yeah. here. We're just, we'll, mm. we'll just, we'll just try to be patient. And right, right. my friend Josh Lehman says, you know, one day at a time and you're nailing it. Nope, you're, you're nailing it. I use that all the time. Having a good day, great. You're nailing it. Having a bad day, great. You're nailing it. <laughs> Not you're nailing, nailing it. it no matter what right now I'm like hey you saved a cat you're nailing it you killed a cat you're nailing it <laughs> um maybe not that extreme okay 
my my point yeah. being, I feel like soon I will be able to actually be in the same room with you guys. Yes. Because yeah. we got a lot yes. of catching up to do. We do. We have a we lot do. of st- stories to share. Yes. Well, I have a lot. Yes. I miss hugging people. I have a lot of hugs to, to give. Oh, yeah. So oh, yes. I've stored them up. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, this is crazy. This has been tough. This has been very, very tough. Yeah. It has. Yeah, it has. But um, I'm really grateful that uh, we can all still be in touch and make each other laugh. That's yes, something that I'm always going to be grateful. Yeah. Yes. Um, and for ask Josh Lehman, thank you. I feel like oh, yes. I get the, you know, to take people's pulse with this oh. medium in many ways, shapes, or forms, and it's it's kind of like a lifeline of oh, there you are. Oh, you're okay. Oh, I, I miss yeah. you. You're funny. You have yeah. reading on your skills. <laughs> <laughs> the devil took a nookie with the green. That was my dressing room. That was my dressing room. You guys have no idea. We can hear Josh Lehman and Michael Potts. I don't know. What floor were you on? 12? <laughs> we could hear the hilarity that was uh, coming from their dressing room at I'll all times. I'll tell you, largely due to Josh Lehman. He the bits. just had me doubled over many, many times. The like, no, no. As you may have noticed, Michael Potts has one of the, if not, if not the most infectious best laughs of any human being on the planet. We could hear Michael coming from four theaters away. It's like, Michael's here. (laughs) (laughs) That one, that one right there. Yeah. That's when I knew if I got that laugh during rehearsal, it was like, oh, okay, we're good. We're good. Michael says we're good. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a sexy laugh too. It's a sexy laugh. Just like Michael Fox. Just like Michael Fox. Oh, oh, don't even start with me. It's been too long. I'm about to get the the diabetes from all the sweetness. (laughs) (laughs) The diabetes. I'm Wilford Brimley, and I have diabetes. I have diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) And who's going to take what, like, I'm sorry, Wilford Brimley, and I have diabetes, and that's why I eat Quaker Oats. I'm like, if you have diabetes, I'm not taking your dietary advice. And it's not like when you have like when you're low on insulin or whatever, like people are like, get him a Quaker oat. <laughs> Quick. Baby, That's funny, baby. gosh. Baby. You know, go to the pharmacy for your Quaker oats. Exactly. Oh, they must have diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Beth, thank you for coming on. I love you. You're my hero. Um, stay backstage for a second because um, I want to mm-hmm. give you another hug. And uh, yes, please. Michael. And Michael Potts, I have to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Josh, but Michael Potts, only for you, only for you, I have pants on. <laughs> and I put a little lip gloss. Oh, like, that's it. Coming off after this, I'm going back. Thank back you. To whatever the flip you're wearing these days. Back to bed. <laughs> back to bed. Back to bed. What time is it? 
Time is a social construct. <laughs> totally. totally. I so appreciate Timeless. it. Yeah, so thank oh you so God, much. I love you so, 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 I love so, you. So I love much. you. I love you. I love you so much and miss you dearly. Oh, I can't wait. Smooth. I can't wait. So, I'm so proud of you, Michael. I'm so proud of you being up there on a big screen. It was like, damn. That's my man up there. <laughs> <laughs> Fake face playing. That's him. That's me. <laughs> oh, Michael, you're so special. You're so wonderful. Aww. And um, I love you so much. Thank you for making all of our lives better just by being you. And thank you for the constant inspiration that you give people as a human. And as a performer, you are magical, and um, I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Really, um, truly. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, check it out on Netflix immediately. It's incredible. And then check out the rest of Michael Potts' work because he is one of the best actors of all time. And also, thank you for listening to this show. I love you all. Stay tuned for more Josh Swallows Broadway. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and myself, Josh Lehman, with associate producer Elizabeth Wheelis. And special thanks to our Patreon producers, David Rimmer and Josh Harris. You can join them. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. Leave a rating. Leave a review. I read them. This is how I continue living. Help me live. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for keeping Broadway alive and swallow you soon. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.